you know, get involved in content, investing in your personal brand, spending time on social, whatever that looks like, have a strategy for that um, because it's more important than you probably think. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as a founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always here to help. Now, today we've got another great guest on the podcast, Colin Mitchell. And uh, Colin, uh, in his own words, grew up dirt poor with a uh, single mom and uh, three brothers and uh, didn't go to college. Nobody ever told him that was important, but instead uh, went and got a sales job and was worked his way up to the top, got to uh, was promised a manager position that he didn't ever get. And so decided to left to go or go somewhere else along that journey. He met his wife and they started their first business in around 2010 and later sold it. And have since then started a couple additional businesses they're working on, which is a, I think, a voice over IP business, as well as a podcast agency. So with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Colin. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. That's a wrap. That's my whole story. There's nothing to talk about. <laughs> there you go. Your whole life is condensed <laughs> to 30 seconds. So there's nothing more to it. So yeah, well, yeah. I, I think there's probably a bit more to it. So why don't we uh, go back a bit in time to uh, growing up uh, with, your, with your single mom and your brothers and uh, how your journey got started there? Yeah, I mean, to put it frank, like my childhood uh, was not great, you know, um, my dad spent most of his time in prison. Uh, my mom, you know, had to work hard to, you know, as a waitress to keep food on the table. Um, I had three brothers and she did the best she could. But, you know, when you got a single mom and mom's got to work, uh, sort of left to my own devices to do a lot of whatever I wanted to do. And uh, sometimes, uh, you know, that could lead me to trouble, of course. And, um, you know, I just wasn't a good student. I, I didn't, I didn't enjoy school much. Nobody was really telling me that school was important. Um, and so I barely made it through high school by the skin of my teeth, uh, sort of dropped out, got my credits and, uh, and then, you know, didn't really know what I was going to do with my life. And then my first job was lugging around furniture, which, you know, as a young adult, that's fine. I'm going to get to, you know, get outside, get some sunshine, stay in shape, not too bad. Um, but I just knew that I didn't want to live the way that I lived uh, growing up, you know, check to check, you know, struggling to pay the rent coming up short, you know, you know, things like that. And so uh, my stepdad, who was actually no longer with my mom, uh, you know, worked in a, a company, uh, IT bar company uh, in a sales job. And I literally had to beg and plead for an opportunity. You know, I was not the most responsible young adult. So he was not quite ready to put his neck out there for me. Uh, eventually I think I just wore him down enough, uh, and, uh, he gave me my shot, you know, and, uh, you know, got me a job there and I made the most out of it. So I was the first one in the office every day, last one to leave every day, um, worked my tail off, came in on Saturdays to send proposals, you know, prepare for the next week, did that for a while, um, worked there about two years, worked my way up to the top. And I thought, you know, okay, you know, successful, you know, run at sales. Next logical step is I should manage people. Uh, and, uh, they kept telling me I was ready and they're going to give me a team. And for whatever reason they didn't, and I'm not the most patient person. Uh, so I decided to, to leave and, and take another job doing something very similar where I could then manage a team. Oh, and I think I definitely makes sense. And I think, I think that's a hard spot if you're a manager. Cause I mean, 
you never know what's going on with the boss head. Sometimes they just change their mind or they, you know, there's nepotism and other times they're saying, hey, you are great in your position, but you're not a manager material. At least they don't view it. And so I think that one's hard where you on your side, you're saying, hey, I'm working my way up. That's my next step. And I want to keep growing and evolving. And the yeah. boss is saying, hey, maybe not yet. And so it's one of those where you're saying, well, if I can't do it here, then maybe I need to go somewhere else, which it sounds like it worked out well. So you, you transitioned or, or decided to leave that position. Now, I think along the way is your kind of relieving that job and getting the next one you also met your your who will be your wife at the time uh so a little bit uh, after that and and, okay. and yeah you're right it is a tough spot because the 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 reality of the situation is i was absolutely not ready to manage a team um but the challenge there and this is a challenge uh, with a lot of bosses or specifically sales bosses um just be honest with your people you know if somebody's not ready tell them they're not ready don't keep, you know, tell people what they want to hear to, you know, try to appease them and keep them happy. Right. And that's kind of what was going on. So I went and got a VP of sales position and somebody who, you know, thought I was ready for a team as much as I was. And I made a lot of mistakes. Like I was learning on the job, how to be a sales manager, you know, um, which is a bit of a recipe for disaster, but um, you know, I was able to, you know, kind of find my way and learn, um, different ways and, you know, realize that, Hey, not everybody's motivated the same way as me, you know, and that's probably because they don't necessarily have the same background as me and not everybody is money motivated and, um, you know, learning new skills, um, and some more business acumen, uh, for the time there where I drove millions of dollars in a short period of time. Um, and then, yes, I met my wife, we met in a running group and, uh, we used to run marathons together and, you know, run up in the Santa Monica mountains, often with a group of uh, friends. Uh, and then she was in sales as well. She was doing recruiting at the time, but she wasn't really loving her job. And I said, you know, why don't you come over here? We're having a lot of success. Um, you know, I think you'd like it. And, uh, I think just maybe she, you know, was willing to give it a shot and it was a little bit of a risky, risky move for sure. Um, not everybody can, you know, work with their, with their partner or significant other. Um, but it worked for us, worked well. And, uh, and then eventually I said, I think we can, you know, maybe go do this on our own. And, and that's what we did. So our first office was, you know, we moved all of our furniture in our living room of our one bedroom apartment and put big, two big desks there. And, uh, that was our first office. And then eventually we got a real office, uh, and we grew that first company to $5 million in 26 months. Oh, that's awesome. And so, and, and I may, I may have missed it, but what was the first uh, business that you and your wife went into? Yeah. So we were, you know, doing the same thing that I had been doing. Um, we just started our own business. And then, you know, the, the companies that I worked for previously were more very product centric. So we're a bit, a bit of an IT VAR. So, um, you know, value added reseller of products. So office equipment, supplies, peripherals, uh, we mainly dealt with school districts and government. Those were the clients that we served. Um, so essentially, you know, we're doing the same thing, but then we started to kind of pivot into more, uh, you know, service, uh, based, you know, offerings as well. Um, some of those failed completely, you know, I was out of my depths and trying to get fancy and, uh, had a lot of painful, painful learning lessons in that first business. Um, and, um, so yeah, we, you know, hired salespeople. We spent $0 on marketing and grew it to 5 million, uh, in a sh pretty short time. That's awesome. And, uh, definitely is 
um, great that you guys are able to, you know, one, it is always, I think, uh, a trade-off. You can work with the spouse and sometimes it works great, but all, other times, you know, the fights that you have at work follow you to follow you home or the fights you have at home follow you to work. And so it is always that kind of trade-off where you can have that great synergy and work off each other and have the same goals. And then it also has that added layer of dynamics. So so as you're doing that, and it just sounds like it, it overall worked out well, and I definitely also get you mentioned, hey, you know, we tried some things that didn't work. And I think that's a, a sign of a, a good business and hopefully a good business you know in the sense that if you're trying to trying out new things not everything is going to work but if you never are trying out any new things and you're just kind of keeping with the status quo and trying to just you know keep with you know keep as as is and to get along you're never going to grow and you're never going to find the, the additional areas of work and so i think that definitely makes sense now i believe as, as we talked a bit before the on the or before the podcast you eventually sold that business off or you, you and your wife sold off that business and you moved on to the next business. Is that right? Uh, not quite. So I actually still have that business today. Okay. Um, but from there, I started another company, which is Unified Communications Company. So in that business, we heavily relied on our phones. Uh, that's how our salespeople made money. And uh, we had lots of problems with them all the time. You know, uh, the technology wasn't super new. It just wasn't great at the time, um, you know, uh, and we had lots of challenges and, you know, salespeople can get a little pissy if they're, you know, waking up at 4am to get in by 5am to call their East coast clients by 8am. And the one tool that they need to do that is not working or properly or not working at all. Uh, so we would, you know, we went through like five different, you know, providers um, in a short period of time and really was just ripping my hair out. And there was a, you know, um, tech guy in, in our building that was our neighbor named Luis. And he's like, I think I can kind of whip something together that'll work a little better for you. And I'm like, man, I will try anything. <laughs> like, please help me. Um, and so he put some server, he put a piece of software on a virtual server and connected it to these trunks. I didn't know what the heck he was doing, but I was like, I'll just try it. Uh, and it worked well, extremely well. And so of course the entrepreneurial, um, you know, you know, thing in part in me was like, oh, I think more people have this problem that we could help solve it for. And that's when we started that other company um, and scaled it to 6,000 users on the platform. Uh, and then recently just exited that company. Oh, that, that makes sense. So now you, you did that. And so it sounds like, not to put words in your mouth, that you were, you, you that one is almost out of a matter of convenience, right? In other words, you had a large reliance on that for the current business you're in saying, hey, we use phones a lot. It's kind of the lifeblood of the industry. And so we've had to figure this out. Why don't we now, as we've continued to figure it out, offer or expand that out and offer it as a service that we can offer to other people? Is that right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that one happened sort of by accident, right? And prior to that, I had tried to launch about three different service type offerings and two of them failed completely. I mean, failed miserably. Like we didn't sell any deals. We spent lots of money on marketing. We spent lots of money on specialists and consultants and hiring specific, uh, you know, uh, sales reps to sell that particular service and just like blew through a lot of cash and, um, and they'd failed miserably. Uh, and one of the services that we had launched you know, we hit a couple of singles and doubles, but just no home runs. And, you know, it was, you know, still a loss. Um, and, and, and so at that point it was like, oh, this is, this is what we should be doing. And so the reason we didn't just, you know, sell that under that business was because we, after launching those other services, 
we kind of started to look like this company that, you know, does a little bit of everything and maybe nothing well. Uh, it was like, we need to launch this as its own business, as its own brand, uh, you know, sort of independent than, than what we're doing. And, and it worked extremely well. I think that makes sense. And, you know, it's interesting kind of as you, you did that, that's actually one of the businesses we're getting ready to launch here in a bit is, uh, is some on the website design and, and offering a few additional services because we work with a lot of startups and small businesses. And we've kind of been doing it under the radar and helping a few clients that, have, you know, don't have that direction. We've had to, by necessity with some of the businesses I've done uh, and they continue to do, had to figure that out and get those internal resources. So as we've expanded into that area and, and are getting ready to launch it at the end of this month, uh, more formally, it's one of those where we had to figure it out, but it was the same, a little bit the same issue as, hey, we're a law firm and it doesn't, you know, does, to the outside of, you know, world, it doesn't feel like it jives. Why is a law firm doing web design or why is a web design firm doing a law firm? And so we did yeah. end up kind of separating those out to make it a better message or more or easy to understand message as opposed to, you know, or making it confusing for the consumer. So I definitely get that. It makes sense. So, so now as you guys have now kind of brings us a bit up to where you're at today or close to it, but now if you're to look kind of at the next six to 12 months, kind of where you guys see things headed, what you're going to be focusing on, you've got the different businesses and continuing to, those are continuing to evolve. So with all of that, kind of where do you see the next six to 12 months headed for you guys or what's in the pipeline? Yeah. So, you know, I exited that company and, and for the last 18 months, I've been really uh, focused on podcasting, right? With SalesCast, uh, quick, you know, how to, what is SalesCast? How did it happen? Uh, well, I went on a podcast for the very first time ever. Clearly, if you know, you probably, you probably remember the first time you ever go on a podcast. Very exciting, right? Um, and I had a great experience. And uh, my co-founder, Chris, was like, hey, I think I want to start a podcast. How can you help me? Um, and he's like, yeah, I can help you. And, uh, you know, I was like, I'm super busy. I can maybe do one or two episodes a month, which is a horrible idea, but he was willing to meet me where I was at. And he's like, sure, whatever's, you know, comfortable. And then a very successful podcaster came along and was like, oh no, you have it all wrong. Uh, you've got to record like 20 and release them daily. And I'm like, what? I mean, that's how many I plan on doing in like six months. You want me to record them all now and daily? He's like, yeah, if you want to get on the new, the coveted new noteworthy section of Apple <laughs> and pick up tons of followers. And I'm like, all right, this dude does what he's talking about. Let's do this. And so we recorded 20 in like two weeks and we started releasing them daily. And then, you know, after about three weeks, not on the new noteworthy section, four weeks, not on the new noteworthy section. I'm like, what the heck? Um, but we kept with that frequency of a daily podcast. And we learned a lot uh, in that time frame of high frequency content. And at that time, it was a different show where I interviewed entrepreneurs and founders. And really, the goal was just to build relationships and open doors with people I wanted to do business with. Um, and uh, it didn't work extremely well because it was a highly transactional product. You know, it works really well if you have a highly relationship-driven sort of sales process, right? And it's a great way to meet people and network and build relationships by providing value and collaborating, creating content. Um, and, uh, but the thing that kept happening was the same exact thing that had happened to me is people were like, Hey, I've really been thinking about starting a podcast. You know, how do I do it? Can you help me? Um, and then, you know, at first I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, we can help you. And then, you know, the guy back to Chris, I was like, and people want us to help us with them with this thing. What <laughs> we got to figure out how to help them. Um, and, you know, we've gone through some sort of iterations of the business, but uh, now, you know, in the last, last year alone, we launched 65 shows. We manage 45 shows today. 
Um, and then we also have a podcast community for people who are interested in starting a show, growing a show, um, guesting on shows. Uh, and that's what we're really focused on. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, I would say, honestly, it's for the first time, it's something that I actually really enjoy doing. That's awesome. And I think that, you know, I, I agree with you. I've been doing the podcast now for a while. And I think that for or a lot of people just getting into them, they think, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll throw it up there and everybody will find it. And I'll maybe I'll throw it up on my Facebook page. Word of mouth will spread. It'll go like wildfire and we'll have millions of listeners every yeah. day. And 99.9% of us, that's not the case. And there is a, I think, a ability that you have to be consistent, you have to grow, you have to have a plan. And I think that if you're diligent on it, it can be a great, uh, great area of, uh, for to build a business, but it can't be one where you just expect it to do it on your own. All you have to do is sell the content, which is, it sounds like where, where you arrived at as well. And I think that definitely uh, resonates. Well, awesome. Well, that uh, kind of brings us a bit up to where you're at today. And, and with that, well, it's a great uh, time to transition to the two questions I always ask as, as we reach the end of the, or the journey of the discussion. So yeah. the first question I always ask is, along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made? And what did you learn from it? Oof, yeah. Uh, it's kind of two-part, right? But I would say in that, you know, in that first business, um getting away from the parts of the business that I loved most, uh, was a huge mistake. Right. And I'll explain that a little bit. So, um, I love sales. I love meeting new people. I love building relationships. I'm one of those weird people who even enjoys cold calling <laughs> so much so that I do it on a LinkedIn live weekly. Um, so, um, when I stopped doing that and started working more like strategic on marketing and all of these other things that I actually was not good at, and didn't enjoy. I wasted a lot of money, a lot of time, and I was actually very unhappy. Um, and so when I got back to like, I enjoy being on the front line of sales. I enjoy working with salespeople. I enjoy, you know, always kind of staying close to that. Um, that was a huge, you know, learning lesson. And then no, the other thing, yeah, and then, and then the other thing was like, you know, we all hear it. Failure is part, part of the recipe of success, you know? So, um, I think the will, the part of the reason I was willing to, you know, make, take so many risks and like try new things, even though they fail, I failed at some of them, um, was because, you know, I'd worked for companies previously that were really just about like, you know, doing the same old thing, status quo, you know, we were, we're, we're doing it this way because it's the way it's always worked, you know? Um, and so I sort of overcompensated a little bit because of those experiences. Um, but you got to be willing to take risks if you want to grow um, as a person, as a business, as an entrepreneur, um, really at anything. No, and I, I like both of those you hit on, even the, you know, the taking risks and, and figuring that I'm always of the kind of the, I like to, I don't like to fit inside the box or I don't like the norm. And it's not that, you know, if there's a good reason that it is a norm, then I'm, I'm all for it. I'm not just trying to say, Hey, let's recreate the wheel if we don't need to. But on the other hand, I, you know, for me, it's always, I'd love to, Hey, why, you know, what are the areas that people are just doing that because it's always been done that way when it really doesn't make sense or just not the best way to do it. And is there an opportunity there? And that's what we've done with the law firm. And so we've done what I've done with other businesses and saying, Hey, I think there's an opportunity here where we can do it differently, do it better. And then I think that it, it provides that value. And I also like the other one you hit on, which is, you know, if you're, 
I think the areas that where you're the most passionate about, you're going to drive the most value to the business because there's a lot of things that have to be done. And if you're getting bogged down and there's always times where you have to get things done, you know, don't love every single activity that you're doing. But if you're spending a, a vast majority of your time on things that you really don't love and are passionate about, you're not going to drive the, the value into the business that you otherwise could if you're really working on those things that you can add the most value. So I love both of those the takeaways. I think they're also mistakes that you can easily make as you get into a business because you have a lot of things that are getting need to getting done, have to get them done. And you're saying, well, if I have to get them done, somebody has to do it and it's going to take me longer to train someone else to do it or get them up to speed and it has yeah. to get done now. And so you always start to get pulled into directions that of things that need to get done, not necessarily the things that you're passionate about. So I think those are, are great takeaways. Second question I always ask is, talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what'd be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Man, that's a, that's a toughie. Uh, it's hard to, it's hard to pick one thing. Um, just getting started. I mean, I'll, I'll try not to say, Hey, you should start a podcast, even though that's what I really want to say. <laughs> um, but, you know, get involved in content, investing in your personal brand, spending time on social, whatever that looks like, have a strategy for that um, because it's more important than you probably think. That's definitely a great takeaway and a good piece of advice. Well, as we wrap up the podcast, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more? Yeah, uh, great question. So I have a podcast, Sales Transformation. They can check that out. That's the best place to figure out what's new and exciting with us. Uh, salestransformation.fm and what, or whatever podcast platform you're listening to now, uh, then you can search that out and find me. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage people to reach out, check out the podcast and sound like it'd uh, def definitely be a great asset to learn a, a lot of uh, great information for, or for those business owners and entrepreneurs out there. Well, as we wrap up, thank you again for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, we'd love to have you. Just go to inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the show. A couple more things as listeners. Make sure to click subscribe. Make sure to click share. Make sure to leave a review because we want to make sure that everyone finds out about all these awesome episodes. Last but not least, if you ever need help with your patents, your trademarks, or anything else with your, your business, feel free to go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always here to help. Well, thank you again, Colin, for coming on the podcast and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you.